Hey, food buffs! Bakri and I are putting together an episode on sriracha that will come out next week. But in the meantime, here is a bonus episode while you wait. This is an interview Fakri did with the owner of a pizza place called Secret Stash. All right. All right, friends and food buffs, I'm talking to you from Crested Butte, Colorado, and I happen to be in one of the cutest towns. If you've never been there, Crested Butte is a great little mountain ski town filled with great people, and one of the awesome people that I've met here is Kylina, and I'm going to have her talk to you a bit about her food business, which is super fascinating. So, Kylina, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kylina Felzone from Crested Butte, Colorado. And your position, what you own, talk about. So my position is um, CEO and founder of The Secret Stash. It's a very cool um, restaurant concept in Crested Butte, Colorado. And when I was 19 years old, I went to Italy to visit my family. And they had an amazing restaurant there. Sat like 500 people. It was an amazing Italian restaurant. And... I was young, 19 years old. I had just biked from Rome to Sicily at 1,200 miles on a pedal bike. Wow. And the family picked me up at the train station and brought me into the village and uh, took me to this restaurant that they own. And I knew right then and there I was going to own a restaurant. It was I was 19 years old, um, and it, it just blew me away. And so then that's when I, the notion of owning a restaurant really came about. So I spent the next... From 19 to 26, spent the next, how many years is that? (laughs) The next seven years traveling around the world, collecting stuff for the restaurant. So I would work in two different resort towns. I would work in the Hamptons in New York and Vail, Colorado in the winter, learning everything that I could about the restaurant business. And I started, you know, I started from dishwashing, waitressing, bartending, managing, hostessing, everything in the restaurant, just learning. And a lot of it did on my own time. I would, you know, beg my bosses to let me come in and learn food cost and liquor cost and labor cost and understanding the inner workings of the restaurant biz and did that for many, many years. So in the off seasons, I would travel. So I would work, you know, the winter season, December, January, February, March, I would travel April and May And then I'd come back for the summer season and work June, July, August, September. And then I would travel October and November. So I traveled four months a year. I started collecting stuff from all over the world for this one day I'm going to have a restaurant type of thing and started just putting it into storage. I put it into my, you know, my parents' basement when I was traveling around the world and started collecting just the most amazing, amazing pieces that now encompass the whole restaurant. So it's almost like this you know, private museum of my travels over the last, you know, 15 years. And that's one of the things that really jumps out to you the first time you go into the secret stash is just you look around and there's all these amazing things from all over the world and you just know everything has a story behind it. And I believe you even have some of the stories written out on uh, your menus. Yeah, on the table tent. We have table tents. So it's not just a restaurant. It's almost like this amazing art gallery as well. So we have table tents where we have all the specific items and where they came from and, you know, the beautiful carving of a god, Lakshmi, in India that we found um, in a marble, like a region where they, they farm marble and, you know, hand carried that back in a backpack from India. 
So like every time I look at a piece, it's just like the pain of getting it home and negotiating and how are we going to wrap this up? And um, so every piece that I look at just has the most amazing memory. So it's like a total museum. You know, it's it's uh, I decided that if I was going to get into the restaurant business, I wanted to create a space that I loved being in 18 hours a day. So it's like this, makes sense. Yeah, it's like this living room. You walk in and you get you feel like you want to be there. Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely, it's got a great feel to it. But I think the thing that really struck me was not only the ambiance, but there's actually good food. You usually only get one or the other when it comes to restaurants, either a great setting, but crappy food or vice versa. Sorry. Sorry, Lillian. I know I'm not supposed to say crap. Um, (laughs) You either get a great setting with terrible food or you know, a little hole in the wall that's super uncomfortable to sit in, but it has great food. It's very rare that you find a place that has both. And for me, Secret Stash really struck me as, oh my God, this place has both (laughs) and it does it well. Yeah. You know, I have to attribute a lot of that uh, success to Jeff Grisafa, who's a partner of mine, but um, he was, um, he loves pizza. He's been in pizza is in his blood since he was very, very young. He worked in Vail, Colorado, um, at Pazzo's Pizza and then Bino's Cabin, which is an amazing, amazing culinary treat to go eat there. So he did a lot of his internship and training in Colorado and learned the restaurant biz. And then as we traveled to countries, we would, you know, find these interesting combinations of pizza. Uh, we were in Croatia one time and, you know, they use a lot of um, raw eggs cracked on their pizza and cooked and you dip the crust in it. So we would find these cool combinations and, you know, come back and tweak the recipe. You know, we have one called Buddha's Belly, which is like a Thai inspired pizza that, you know, was born in inspired in Thailand. And so a lot of the a lot of the recipes came from, you know, traveling and then Jeff and I collaborating when we got home from trips to go, you know, make these into our pizzas. Awesome. Yeah, it does a great job. One of the things that I'm also struck by is it can be kind of hard to get fresh fruits and vegetables sometimes in some of these smaller towns, but everything is fresh. <laughs> like everything is actually high quality produce, which in my experience traveling through lots of little mountain towns, sometimes you ask for a salad and you're lucky if there's any actual, you know, fresh greenery on the plate. Yeah, we we take uh pride in our quality and our products. Um, I am vegetarian, so produce is something that I want to make sure we're getting the best quality. Um, we have amazing purveyors here. We have a joke in Colorado um, that prices go up with altitude. <laughs> Makes <laughs> because sense. It is expensive to get produce and, and stuff brought into Colorado. We're at almost 9,000 feet. So it's it's definitely more expensive to get the produce in, but um, yeah, we make sure we get quality product that comes in fresh daily. We try to incorporate um, a lot of our farmer's market products um, every Sunday mm-hmm. from the beginning of summer till October. We get amazing, amazing fresh produce. We have really cute uh, towns um, that are you know an hour away, Paonia and Delta, where a lot of the fresh produce and fruits and vegetables are grown. So we have um, contracts with some of those um farmer's market guys that just bring us fresh greens to our back doorstep. One of the things I kind of wanted to ask you about is with a town like Crested Butte, you have on seasons and off seasons. Winter is a very big season with the ski slopes. And then the summer, I understand, is a very big season for the wildflower festival. But what do you do in between? How do you make ends meet when you don't have a ton of people coming? I mean, my understanding is Secret Stash has a 
uh, lying around the corner almost every day of the summer and in the winter. But what do you do in between? How do you make ends meet? Yeah, that's one of our biggest challenges living in a mountain town. And we've been dealing with going on our 14th year now. And, um, you know, we go from a staff of 80 employees during our summer season. And then as soon as the off season hits, we drop down to 20. Um, and it's, it's a good thing in a way. Um, we have a lot of people in Crested Butte, um, that are, that love to travel and are these kindred spirits and amazing people that work really hard. And then during the off seasons, they want to go travel. So Luckily, it works out for us where we go from a staff of 80 and then people come to us and, you know, Kylie and I want to go to Mexico for the month or Moab or they want to go travel. And we say, great, take off April and May. We'll see you back here mid-June. They come back and they have their jobs. That's exactly what I did when I when I was traveling around the world is I would work the season, take off two months and then you know, June 15th, I knew I had my job back. So I didn't have to worry about where was I going to work. I had that job set up. So it made traveling, traveling even easier. And that's a lot of the people here in Crested Butte. So um, it is a challenge, though. You know, we do, you know, we get our main crews back, our main kitchen people, our main, you know, serving staff. And then you have to fill in a lot of the support staff, hostesses, bussers, food runners, all those types of positions. We have to hire um, probably new 27 to 37 new staff for each season, but we're getting good at it now. It's our 14th year and the secret stash is a staple in Crested Butte and it is a job that people want. They make great money there. We have awesome bosses. (laughs) You have an owner that cares more than anybody on the planet. I mean, I eat, breathe and sleep that restaurant and you know, my employees are my, my biggest asset. I mean, without them, I'm nothing, you know? And I'm only as good as the last experience that customers have in our restaurant. So we're really close with our staff. We do a lot of great things. We um, we offer 401ks um, for our staff, all waiters. Anybody who works with us can a- apply for the 401k program. We buy ski passes for them. Um, we're working on health insurance. That's something that we're going to kind of wait and see what happens with Obamacare and all this new these new laws. But um, that's definitely something I want to be able to offer. I'm not about turn and burn. I'm about getting people that want to grow and learn with the Secret Stash family. And you have many people that um, work for us that have two, three kids, you know, and it's a great job. You know, I believe that the restaurant industry is a real job. So I think I'm really lucky there. We have, we have an amazing staff and crew. Yeah. When you walk in, you just feel this vibe that people get along and it's just a lot of people are there having fun, not just there working, which you don't always get in many restaurants. We have a name for it. We call it Stashmosphere. I love that. <laughs> it's Stashmosphere is everything. It's the music, the lighting, the vibe. You know, it's it's funny. Like my staff is very attuned to, to how I like the restaurant, and you know, if I walk in, you'll see some people adjust the lights or adjust the music and make sure that everything is just perfect because that's what creates the atmosphere. You know, it's not just about the food. I want people to remember the secret stash. And, you know, it's funny, we have a college here and, um, when it's orientation, the secret stash is mentioned as a place to go check out. Or if the real estate agents have a house that says it's located two blocks from the secret stash, you know, it's kind of like this cult following. And it's, it's been because of the, you know, the infancy stages of this whole story, And it just wasn't born overnight. It's been, you know, 14 years plus, 
you know, the 12 years I ran another version of the secret stash in New York. It was a smaller version of it. It was, you know, a 1500 square foot space. And now our space now is, I mean, it's almost 12,000 square feet. We see 250 people. So. And you also have the downstairs. Can you talk to me a bit about what you do in the downstairs? Because that was my first impression of the secret stash was actually going to a concert downstairs um, in the red room. Yeah, the red rooms are lower level and it's um, it's another dining room, but it's kind of like a mix between a Indian, Turkish, Amsterdam, underground kind of space. It's it's beautifully decorated with Moroccan rugs and lamps from Syria and everything is very red. We have a, you know, a hand beaded bar that one of my best friends and I uh, did before we opened, but it took us about 120 hours and we hand beaded the whole entire bar and then lit it up and every little nook and cranny of the place just has so much character in it. And we have this amazing book wall where we have probably 5,000 books that we collected from all over Colorado and made this beautiful, colorful book wall. And um, it's just a very intimate space. There's a lot of fabric. There's a lot of amber lighting. And, you know, we have um, live music down there. Um, We have a piano player. We have um, karaoke and other things on the weekends. But it's just a very unique space. When you're walking down the stairs, you're just like into this like little labyrinth of where am I going? It's super cool. Like, you know, I watch people walk in and they're just constantly taking photos and videos and, and just looking around. And it's just it's really cool because... Like, again, you know, me and some of my partner, Carson West, is um, – I think you got to meet Carson today, but he's my right-hand man and, and new partner, um, and he has just an amazing eye for design, and and I believe I do too, and together we are just this, like, you know, this whirlwind of design and fun and adventure and just trying to create really cool spaces. Yeah, when I came in earlier today – I come into the restaurant and Kylina is on a ladder in this beautiful dress she got from India, which I bought one (laughs) just like (laughs) hers because I fell in love with it. Um, And she's in this dress with her hat on and her big cowboy boots. And she's carrying this huge amount of fabric at the top of the ladder and they're putting it through the ceiling. So I didn't actually see Carson when I first walked in. He was in the ceiling and I heard him. But you just bought a bunch of fabric in India, correct? Yeah, I brought home 500 feet of the most amazing fabrics and uh, from a town called Varanasi and Varanasi is a town in uh, northern central India that is just fa- famous for their silks and uh, each piece of fabric uh, comes in a 19 foot piece so I just um, I spent 13 hours one day choosing all the new fabrics that I was going to decorate with in the secret stash so we just did a major remodel um, two years ago and this is going into our third summer in the new space and I just felt compelled to throw up new stuff I always want my customers looking at new things and being excited to come back and see what we did this season you know mm-hmm. it just does I'm definitely not the one that just like decorate it and let it sit for six years I'm always adding new stuff I think it's a really important part of the secret stash and just keeping it evolving and changing and looking cool and having our customers looking forward to come and see what we've done that's new that actually brings me to my next question so you mentioned earlier that you're looking to franchise the secret stash and first off i don't know much about franchising so i'm hoping you'll be able to kind of explain that and to me and to any of our fellow uh food buffs who are not familiar with it and then the big thing for me was 
the secret stash is so unique and it's so like you said it's constantly changing it's evolving it looks different now than it does did when i came here last year like yeah it's it's different how do you franchise uniqueness? Yep, that's a big challenge that we're working with right now. But so the franchise franchise process for us started about three years ago. And I started working with um, a group out of uh, Las Vegas that works in corporate coaching, vision, alignment, um, your action plans, um, communication amongst your executive team and getting all on the same page, getting ready for franchising. And I've been working with this guy for three years. He's made, you know, numerous trips to the secret stash to interview the employees, to try to dissect the business so that we are building a very strong foundation for the franchise. Um, so then we started about a year ago working with franchise science out of uh, Santa Barbara and they're a group that's helping us um, get all of our systems in place from training manuals, operation manuals. Um, I'm working with another um, company called International Development Group. Uh, this guy named Rocky, he's from Syria, Syrian roots. He lives in Chicago, but has um, great connections to the Middle East. And um, he's the gentleman I'll work with on sourcing. And how do we make this how do you duplicate this? How do you duplicate something so unique? Because when you hear the word franchise, you think of Subway and McDonald's, McDonald's and all these types of places. And I, I like to use the word franchise lightly when I'm talking about the secret stash. It's more like we are going to systematically expand if we award someone the ability to to run a secret stash. You know, we're not going to hand them out like a piece of candy. Um, people have to be very passionate about the restaurant business. They have to have experience. Um, they have to understand the culture and the concept and the value that the secret stash brings. Our strategic plan is to open 87 secret stashes in the next five to seven years um, in specific locations um, that we are excited about going to visit. And, um, it's just been an incredible experience. We've traveled all over the country visiting, um, pizza, uh, oven businesses and going to seminars in LA and with our crew, we have an amazing crew of young, uh, guys and gals that just want to expand and, you know, let people into the secret stash family and join in with us and create this, create this culture and this like this amazing family to be involved with. And, you know, a lot of people are stuck in corporate jobs or doing something that they don't love. And I feel like being part of the secret stash family is going to be an amazing experience for so many people. And we're so excited to get to know these people and help them grow their, their companies. So basically I've spent the last year, um, developing all the legal documents. There's a lot of stuff that goes into franchising, right? So you have to like put this, put it all in this little box. So our foundation is very strong. We've taken a lot of time putting all those documents together, all the legal documents, all the training manuals. And in February, we're legal to sell franchises now. Congratulations. Um, yes, it's very exciting. And we have a lot of uh, coals in the fire right now. We've been talking with many different groups. We're specifically looking for high-level operators and area developers. We really want to work with people that want to develop five to ten units. It doesn't mean we won't consider one, um, but the experience level would have to be pretty high on the one-offs. And yeah, we want to. Um, yeah, we're ready. We're going. We're gonna. We're gonna bring the secret stash to the 
the rest of the country. That's awesome. As one of the things you mentioned was the fact that people don't love their job necessarily. A lot of people just go through the day-to-day drudgery. I think that's one of the things that kind of stuck out to me as soon as I met you is the fact that you love what you're doing. And you say you live, eat, and breathe it, but that's because you love what you're doing. It's not it's not a job for you. It's a passion. Yeah. Uh, a very successful mentor of mine told me many years ago, he's like, Kylina, just do what you love and you're never going to work a day in your life. And I mean, I put in, I mean, I got to put in 80, 90 hours some weeks and I don't even feel like I work. You know, and I, I just love what I do. I mean, from the moment I wake up until I go to bed. I remember when I was, it was 10 years ago and I was standing on the front porch of my first little cafe in Clarence Center, New York. And I was sweeping the porch and opening the door and getting ready for the day's business. And, you know, a customer came up to me and they're like, you're so enthusiastic about everything that you're doing. Like, how long is it going to last? You're going to burn out in three years, you know? And I said to myself, I'm like, there's no way. I mean, I, I haven't burned out one iota. I still get up in the morning. I'm so stoked to what I stoked to be doing what I do every morning. And I don't have to be in the restaurant on a day-to-day basis. I don't, but if I'm not there, I just feel like I'm missing something or I want to stop in and say hi and, you know, fluff some curtains and hug some guests and high five some of my staff, you know, it's, it's important. And I love it. It just, it's not work to me at all. It's really not. I feel, I feel truly blessed that I found something that I love to do. And I think, it really speaks to the fact that you don't have to be there. You have a well-oiled machine. You were just gone for how many weeks? I just left. Uh, yep. I was in India and Nepal for five weeks and it ran, I, you know, I ran perfectly. I, I had come home after five weeks and went down to the desk and there wasn't even a piece of mail for me to open. Everything was absolutely taken care of. And I have to attribute that to my amazing managers and they're just motivated. And, you know, I think they see how hard I work and they respect that. And, there's a lot of growth available for a lot of the people that work for us. And I think that they're starting to see that, you know, and they can make a, a real, a real career with us, you know, in many different levels, you know, corporate, corporate kitchen training, management, design, accounting, human resources. There's going to be a, a export import, you know, all sorts of things that, you know, I, I really hope that some of our employees take advantage of and grow with us, you know, and maybe open their own secret stash one day. Awesome. Well, it's been truly fascinating to hear about all this from you. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners? Anything that you think, hey, if they should know this, even about your town, about the food industry, any of it? I mean, I'd like to say definitely check out stashpizza.com and take take a look at the restaurant and there's some cool videos videos on there of the restaurant. And I think the biggest thing is just um, always stay positive and follow your dreams. And a lot of people told me early on that, you know, I'm never going to make it. and It's not a good idea. And if you're true to your passion, just stick with it and dig your heels in and give it your all and you'll see amazing results. I just, I truly believe in that. So just follow your dreams and don't let anybody tell you it's not going to work and just go for it. And if you're dreaming of pizza and you happen to be in Crested Butte, Colorado, definitely give a stop in. I'm pretty sure I'm coming back every time I come to Colorado. I'm making a special trip here. Awesome. Thanks so much. It was great having you here with us.
Awesome. Thanks, guys. And food nonfiction fans, if you'd like to ask Kylina any questions, you can always email us at feedback at foodnonfiction.com and we'll be happy to forward the emails to Kylina. Thanks again, Kylina. Yeah, and if there's anyone out there that's new or starting into the restaurant business and uh, definitely feel free to throw me an email, I would love to reach out and, and answer any questions or if I can help in any way. You know, I definitely love to help the new young entrepreneurs. Awesome. Thanks so much. Okay, Lillian, you can edit now. <laughs>